Now, at this time of the year, all you sports nuts out there like me, sports addicts who watch so much sport on television and try to go to as much sport as possible, would be feasting today on the early rounds of the World Snooker Championship. But unfortunately, the clanking of balls and that cold early first round atmosphere you see from the partitioned divide in the Crucible Hall is no longer available to us because the snooker um, has, of course, been cancelled this year. So instead of um, talking about snooker, we just said, why don't we just get the former world snooker champion um, onto our programme again, Ken Doherty. And Ken joins us now. How are you, Ken? Very good morning to you, Mario. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for joining yeah. us again. I really enjoyed your appearance on this show last year. I'm still laughing at some of the stories uh, <laughs> that you told. I'm actually going to go over them briefly again in a few minutes. But first of all, okay. um, there's no snooker, of course. Would you have been lined up to uh, be part of the BBC commentary team? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I would have been there about a week ago now in Sheffield. And, of course, it started. Yes, it would have started yesterday morning, first session. Uh, 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, being on to the other guys like Virgo and Dennis Taylor, Steve Davis, Hendry, we're all missing it terrible. I mean, we love the excitement of it just as much as, uh, you know, the fans and, and people who are watching at home on their TV. The excitement that, that it brings to Sheffield, you know, the crowds, the atmosphere and the electricity that the, the Crucible has and it's such a shame. They're showing some reruns of some old matches. I was watching yesterday uh, Tony Knowles against Steve Davis from 1982 and uh you know, it's just a, it's such a shame that we're yeah. uh, we're missing it this time. You know, Absolutely. we all we all love it every time it comes around. You know. Absolutely, Ken. I thought it was a brilliant piece of programming by the BBC to schedule <laughs> seventeen days of matches. Really, seventeen days of classic matches that they're going to show. Yeah, yeah. And yesterday, yeah, they, yeah. Yesterday they showed Tony Knowles and Steve Davis, as you said, and I'll never forget mm. the uh, the inimitable. Although I am going to imitate him, uh, uh, Ted 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 Lowe. And I remember Ted Lowe when I first saw uh, uh, Tony Knowles, Ted Lowe talking about Ted Lowe's, uh, Tony Knowles, and he go, uh, Tony Knowles, young, six foot two, incredibly handsome, the pinup of the snooker world. Tony Knowles, he knows his prowess with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Knowles, and Tony Knowles is standing there with his cue in his hand. As a, yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. A, as an old 70-year-old man goes, he knows his prowess with the he ladies. He knows his prowess, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> well, oh. he, was a paid, he was a paid seven fella as well, wasn't he? After that match, I mean, he became instantly famous uh, across the whole of the, uh, Great Britain and indeed the world, anybody who watched it uh, at that time. You know, he's yeah. six, foot, six foot two or three, very good looking, you know. And John Virgo tells a story. They did a poll in, in, in the Bolton newspaper where he's from uh, and they asked 100 women, would they go out with Tony Knowles? And 99% of them says, never again. Ken, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. That's very, very good. Yeah. That was Tony Knowles, yeah. He, he actually went out. He was he was 8-1 up after the fourth session. He beat Davis 10-1. He was 8-1 up after the fourth session. And uh, he went out to a nightclub, the local nightclub, which was Josephine's in Sheffield at the time, and, and stayed there till half two in the morning. Had to come back. Uh, for the next session the next morning like for a 10 o'clock session but it didn't bother him he, he won the first two frames and was into the into the next round 10-1 beating the the, uh, the champion uh, from last year Steve Davis Yes and it reinforces that kind of peculiar statistic uh, that the Sheffield uh, that the Crucible threw up that very rarely uh, did a if ever did a a champion 
um, end up sometimes they, they, or many times the first time champion, first yeah, time, first champion. time, never, first time champion, never, never, never defended, never, no, no, still to this day, and it's been. Uh, at the Crucible now since 1977. Uh, so 43 years it would have been this year. 40, for 42 years, no first-time champion has ever defended the trophy. And that's, we call it the Crucible course. You know, I got to the final the following year in the 98. Joe Johnson got to the final in 87 after he beat Davis in 86. Yep. But that's the furthest anybody. Nobody has ever defended it. It's quite unusual, you know. And this place, Josephine's, was that the local um, nightclub in Sheffield? That, that was the local nightclub in Sheffield, yeah. And Tony Knowles <clears throat> and indeed Jimmy White used to be in there regular <laughs> during the, the whole... The 17 days of the world. I mean, it's a famous story about Jimmy White. He was in the final because Jimmy White's birthday uh, is normally around the, the final weekend or sometimes it was always on the final. It's the 2nd of May. I no think it wonder is. he never won. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's a famous story. He was in the nightclub even before, when he was in the final a couple of times, he's playing in the final the next day and he'd been in the nightclub the night before, you know, and coming back at two or three in the morning getting ready to play. Now, sometimes it didn't bother him, but for the final... He lost in six finals, so maybe it did have it take its toll. Did he? He, he was. Was that the final you're talking about? That he was fourteen eight up in. I think so. It was fourteen eight up in against uh, Henry, and also and also the final that he lost. Uh, I think eighteen seventeen as well. Yeah, oh. but, uh, yeah. So Josephines would have been the uh, the place to go during the uh, the eighties and the nineties. And for, for Jimmy, then it was a, for Jimmy. It was a real case of not tonight, Josephine. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And come here. Well, I have a note here. Tell me what the story behind this. Making Dennis Taylor laugh in the commentary box. Does that? Ring a bell with oh, you? that was a classic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're always sort of popping the ball with each other in the commentary box. But there was a, a referee, um, and I'm trying to think of his name now. Uh, he was from Belgium. Jan Verhaas? And, no, not, no, no, not Jan Verhaas. Uh, oh, yeah, Olivier, Olivier Martil, his name is. Okay. He's from Belgium. Belgium. And he's a radiographer uh, in, in Belgium, but he does the professional snooker part time. So Dennis and I are in the box and Dennis is, is waffling along about the match and then he talks about the referee. It's a great occasion for Olivier, uh, this this Belgian referee. And he, he pauses the mic and he says to me, what's his second name? Uh, I says, Olivier Martinez, okay? He was an actor, you yes. know, and was going, he was going out with Kylie. Kylie. At the time, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's, he's live on air. Oh, he says, yes, this wonderful referee, Olivier Martinez from Belgium, right? <laughs> so at that, I just burst out laughing, right? Yeah. And then he, he pauses the button, he says, you bastard! He goes, <laughs> 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 yeah. and I couldn't stop. And he says, "What's his name?" What's his name? I says, Mar- uh, "Martial, not Martinez." He goes, oh yeah, you cracked up. Go there. f yourself, fantastic. San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. yeah. <laughs> I know. And and Kamir, um, big night with Jackie Chan. What was that about? Oh, uh, oh yeah. I mean, Jenny, that was uh, that was about a year ago uh, back in Hong Kong. Well, one of my uh, one of my best buddies, Frankie Chan, who uh, was on the professional uh, circuit for a couple of years and used to stay with me. You know, when he came over from Hong Kong, he'd stay with me and and, and he'd play on the circuit for a few years uh, when I lived in uh, in Ilford. <clears throat> and uh, he has a snooker club now in Hong Kong himself. And uh, Jackie Chan is a good friend of his, and he goes in and plays snooker in his in his uh, club in Hong Kong when mm. he's when he's there, you know. So uh, I'm flying over to China, and I'm flying through Hong Kong. And uh, sometimes I might stay a night in Hong Kong, you know. And and, and he said, anyway, I was staying a night in Hong Kong, and Frankie was coming out to pick me up at the airport. He says, Jackie Chan. 
he said he's in town. He says, uh, would you like to meet him? I says, Jackie Chan. I said, of course I'd like to meet him, you know, because he loves snooker, Jackie Chan, mm. you know. And um, so anyway, he says he's having a big charity dinner. He says, would you like to come along? Uh, I says, yeah, yeah, no problem. I said, I have a suit and everything. I can put it on. So anyway, he went to this big sort of uh, charity event that Jackie Chan was holding, hosting for all the actors and actresses in, in Hong Kong. And a big red carpet job. I didn't realize, like, you know, the extent of it was, like, paparazzi and film crews everywhere. So we go into the hotel, up the stairs, up the red carpet, into the stairs. And there's Jackie Chan. He stands up and he sees us and he starts waving at us, you know. And I'm looking around. I says, who is he waving? He's, and he's waving at us, Frankie Chan and myself. He says, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's get a picture, Ken. Picture, picture, picture. I says, yeah, Jackie, I should be getting a picture with you. <laughs> Never mind the other way around, you know. <laughs> So he brings us in, he sits us at his, at his table in the big room. There's about a thousand people in the room. There's a big sort of uh, concert and everything, as you do, like in, in a charity, like, uh, you know, events. Mm. And here, here I am, I'm sitting down next to Jackie Chan, you know, and everybody is looking at me. I'm, I'm probably the only Caucasian in the whole room, you know. And they're saying, who's this guy sitting next to Jackie Chan? <laughs> and uh, all he wanted to do was talk about snooker, Jimmy White, Ronnie O'Sullivan, Higgins, like Davis, all the snooker players for the whole night. Um, <clears throat> then he says, okay, we're going now. I says, where are we going? I says, uh, karaoke. So he takes us to this karaoke bar and about a half an hour later, we're in this karaoke bar and uh, we're singing, we're singing songs. <laughs> he's singing, he's singing a song for me, you know, and then I have to retort a song and he breaks out his, his whiskey, his own whiskey and his cigars and we're smoking cigars and we're drinking whiskey and we're singing songs, absolutely getting paralytic, you know. And then he says, after a couple of hours, right, he says, we're gone now. I says, where are we going now? <laughs> we go play snooker. <laughs> I said, snooker. I looked at me watch, it was like four o'clock in the morning. And he says, yeah, we got play. I want to play snooker. I want to play snooker. So anyway, we went. Frankie opened up his uh, snooker club in, uh, back in, in Hong Kong. And uh, there we were playing for another two hours, playing snooker. And I was showing him trick shots. And he was trying to get these trick shots. He couldn't get them. But he had to keep having to do them over and over again until eventually he got the trick shot. And it was like, uh, yeah, he was absolutely over the moon. But what a... Uh, a fantastic night that you never never thought would ever happen because you watch him on movies all the time, you yeah. know. But the fact that you're <laughs> playing snooker with him, doubling up in a game of doubles and and shouting and trick shots, he sounds and singing, um, singing karaoke. Yeah, no, he sounds he sounds like an Oriental Eamon Dunphy, really. You know, the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the exactly, night yeah, never yeah, stops. Yeah. You know, he's a great actor. He's a great actor, but I tell you what, he's a brutal singer. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't understand the word he was singing. Mind you, they're all in Chinese songs, so uh, I didn't. Uh, but uh, yeah, great night, great night. And come here, um, 1997, of course, Ken um, is uh, forever remembered as the year you won the World Snooker <clears throat> Championship. And of course, you, yeah. you probably did. You party a lot that year after May, uh, after the beginning well, yeah, of May. Probably, I probably, I probably would have been. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Lily's would have been the favourite heart at the time. Mm. You know, and uh, we had some great, old, great old nights in there. But I mean. You know, I suppose, like, you know, everybody would say, a bit like Shane Larry, I suppose, we were at the opening of an envelope with the cup every time, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. any, any chance to bring it out and show it up. But, yeah, yeah. it was a fantastic, I mean, wh when I came back uh, fr from winning it on the, uh, on the Wednesday, I was supposed to come back on the Tuesday because it was a bank holiday Monday, and it was the first time that RTE actually took the live feed from the BBC for just for the last session. Because even back in 1997, parts of the country didn't have BBC. You know, it's quite remarkable. It's, I mean, it's only 23 years this year. So uh, RTE took the live feed so that the whole country could watch it on uh, on RTE, the last session. And it went on from 7 till uh, about 10 o'clock. So, you know, there was such a... 
a wonderful uh, feeling coming home that the whole country had watched it and they were celebrating just as much as I. It's a bit like when Shane Larry won yeah. not, not last year, yeah. you know. Ken, and it was Ken, such a, such a great feeling. You yeah, know? Ken, I have a few questions. They're piling in here on text. Oh, it's seven four one hundred one zero two. Some questions from the, from the listeners. Um, hi, Mario. Can you ask Ken what he considers to be the greatest snooker match of all time, other than the nineteen eighty five World Final? Uh, oh, that's a great question. Uh, well, one of my favourite uh, matches, I think, which which drew me to snooker was the nineteen eighty two match between. Semi-final. Alex Higgins and Jimmy White. Yeah, the, the break Alex Higgins yeah. made. 67. The penultimate, the, the penultimate frame yeah, yeah, was yeah. Uh, probably one of the best breaks. Brilliant. I think that was one of my favourite matches. Yeah. Also, does Ken think the World Championship <coughs> might take place later in the year? Well, funny enough, it's it's due to take place. It's, it's provisionally to take place on July 25th when the Olympics uh, was supposed to be on. Of course, that's postponed until next year. So they have a two-week window on the BBC. So that's the provisional date if we're well behind this uh, this COVID nineteen yeah. virus, hopefully, fingers crossed, you know. So July the twenty fifth. Ken, why, why does why does he think no other Irish player has come close to winning the world championship? Uh, good question. Uh, does it need better grassroots funding? Yeah, or has interest yeah, waned with clubs? No, I think I think well, I think the problem with the clubs is that they're so expensive to keep open because of the property, you know, property rates, prices, you know, it's. It's very hard to make a return on snooker clubs now, but I think, uh, I think like other sports and other amenities, I think they could do with uh, a lot more help from the government. There's no doubt about that, you know. And also uh, try and um, add it to the sports curriculum in schools because other countries have started to do that. So if you're not into rugby or football or Gaelic or you're not athletically sort of uh, attributed, then you know, play you can play snooker, or you can play darts, you, you know, and and, <coughs> and keep that. And add that to the sports curriculum for some for something for other kids that that can play as well. Brilliant, you know? Ken. We've run out of time, um, but I'm going no to problem. I'm going to spill over. I'm going to do a spill over because I'm going to get you on the show again because it's, we still haven't yeah, heard. No, yeah, we still yeah, have yeah. we still have more of your stories to get through. Like uh, okay. subjects with the lock with the head uh, title, like lock in and Sheen's with Bono and Edge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, great night. Uh, yeah, Ronnie great Wood night. and yourself at Christmas. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And taking Crystal Mets with Jimmy White. No, sorry, you didn't. When <laughs> <laughs> he made that one up. <laughs> in Thanks, Mario. Thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank hey, you. Listen, yeah. Hey, listen, yeah. before you go, uh, I do the press up challenge every day. Uh, the good news is I've already done 29 today. The bad news is I've nominated you to do tor- 29, 30 tomorrow so okay. uh, you better you better get cracking do I have to do it on online or whatever on Instagram on Insta- I'll post them on Instagram I'll do it I'll post okay. it tomorrow then okay good thanks again bye see you Mario Mario Sunday Roast on Today FM with Mario Roast